You're listening to the God, Family, and Country Radio Show. Here's Pastor Kurt and Lance Hoppus. Well, God bless you. This is the God, Family, and Country Radio Show right here on KTSA. What a grateful, we! how grateful we are for this wonderful Sunday night that we have. Uh, in studio with me, I have Pat Coyle, dear friend of mine and a fellow theologian. We, uh, we spend an awful lot of time talking about theology together. Yes, we do. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So, Pat, I'm grateful you're with me on the show tonight. And I, I am grateful to be here, and uh, it's an honor for me. It really is. It, uh, you know, it's it's so much fun to be able to do this. And just for all of you, I know uh, our listeners out there, they love Lance, and, and uh, he had to be out of town uh, again this week. And so he's been very busy, and that's a blessing in, yeah. in, in, in so many different ways. So I'm really grateful you could be in here with us tonight. Um, folks, we're, we've got a lot of things to talk about, but it's, it's really going to be focused about one subject and it's, a um, it's the understanding of what Jesus let us know as being the millennium Yeah, and, um, and what that represents, you know, Pat, I've been, I've been working on different studies for a long time on the millennium and, and, and touched on it, but a couple things there what I want most people to understand is, is that in the scriptures, when you're talking about prophecy, there is more written about the millennium in the Old Testament and in the New Testament more than any other subject. Well, if you think about it, what grabs all the books and presses is the, the Antichrist, the buildup. Right. And, and really, the millennium, for many people, just becomes a placeholder. Are you... Do you believe there is a millennium? Are you a millennium, pre-millennium, or post-millennium? And and for them, the millennium is just just this uh, word that they slip in there. And no one really, I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever heard anybody sit up and say, hey, we're going to do a study on the millennium. What's actually going to go down in that thousand? Or, you know, or some people would say uh, the millennium is a kind of a euphemism for extremely long period. But I think Millennium's, you know, uh, is a good word because a thousand years is, you know, a thousand years is as is a day to the Lord. That's what I was going to say. Once yeah. we're once we're in eternity, it it it's a it's nothing but a day. Yeah, and and if you look at it, the Jewish calendar at three hundred and sixty days, we we've stuck a few in there, you know, and have a few leap years to uh, coincide. Actually, I think the Jewish calendar is more than that. Is it really? I I I, I, I was always saw it three hundred. I've got to go. You know, now that you've brought it, I got to. I'm going to research that at break. But I I want to tell you, it's like three seventy something. Yeah, okay, but, but I I, I got to go back and look at it. Don't. Well, don't. it will not be the first time I have been wrong about it. That's uh, why we call them factoids. Yeah. Well, the older <laughs> I get, the you know, the more I have to go fact check myself. Oh, amen. Right? Amen. Um, but w- what's really interesting about this, and we're going to get into this here in just a few minutes. Um. Christians have this idea, Pat, that uh, we, you know, when we die, yeah, or if the rapture comes, right, uh, not or when, when. the rapture, rapture comes, uh, that we're going to be in heaven, yeah, and uh, and of course those things are very true. Paul said to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. That's correct, and Jesus also said to us in uh, in John the fourteenth chapter, right. he says. He says, where I am, you will be also. Yeah. He was speaking to the disciples, but he's also speaking to us. Yes. You know, when we, when we die and we, or if during the rapture, uh, we become saints. Yeah. 
And the saints are, are going to be in heaven. But when Jesus comes back and sets his foot on the Mount of Olives, which he will do after the tribulation, he is going to rule and reign forevermore. Yes. And uh, it, the, he says that uh, he's going to set his foot on the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives are going to split, and he will rule and reign, like I said, forevermore. So if Jesus tells us that we are going to be with him, and we read in the scriptures that very clearly uh, the, the, the Old Testament prophets uh, uh, in the New Testament, we hear time and time again about these prophecies, and we've chosen some for tonight. But by the way, we we could have chosen a hundred more, two hundred more uh, to to talk about tonight about the millennium. It is really amazing how much is written about the millennium that most Christians don't know, and so we're going to be taking the time to talk about that tonight. Are you ready for this? Oh well, let's let's get into it. Well, I think, you know, when we're going to talk about the millennium, there's a couple things we want to do. We want to make sure, in, in, and if you're reading uh, uh, King James or if you're reading uh, uh, New King James and in very various uh, translations, right. you're not going to hear the word millennium other than maybe in the title search of the, of the beginning of that uh, particular uh, paragraph. Um, but the millennium is a Latin word, which means it's made up of two words, milli, milli yeah. right? And of course, uh, which means a thousand, right? right? And annum, right? Mm-hmm. Which means years. So we're talking about a thousand year period of time. And the word millennium is only mentioned in the 20th chapter of Revelation. And it's mentioned about six different times. Right. I think we have time to get this first part in. Um, I'm going to read from uh, Revelation, uh, the first uh, uh, Revelation, the 20th chapter, starting at verse one. Okay. It begins with this, John saying, then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hands, in his hand, excuse me. He laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan. And he bound him for a thousand years. There's number one. Right. Verse three, and he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. There's number two. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. And I saw the thrones And they sat on them, and the judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their foreheads or their hands, and they lived and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. There's number three. Verse five, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. There's number four. Mm -hmm. This is the first resurrection. Verse six, blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God, of the Christ, of Christ, excuse me, 
and shall reign with him a thousand years. There's number five. Mm -hmm. Verse seven. Now, when the thousand years had expired, there's number seven, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations, which are the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose numbers as the sand, who his numbers is as the sands of the sea. They went up on the breath, breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And the fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and forever. Folks, this is the description that's given to us of the millennium. And uh, there's well, a whole lot to talk no, about. Well, there's, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the meat of this in a little bit. Just uh, you had brought up the word uh, kelioi in the Greek is uh, is the word. And there was only one other place that you you pretty much cop- captured. But the other one where it's used is the most famous. One most famous is in Second Peter 3, 8, where he said, But beloved, do not forget one thing. That with the Lord one day is as you know a what I years, forgot about and that a thousand years is as a day and you you are absolutely yeah. right so um, there's a there's the last of the Mohicans right there right you know, so so, so it's a, a it's yeah. a completion of seven exactly not six I'm glad you brought that up to me because I, I actually I, I I didn't even think about that when I was uh, when I was well I was just I was just pulled it up on my Bible app and I was saying oh okay here's this uh, looking at that particular word but it's interesting it's all concentrated on this millennium is all concentrated in Revelation talking about a specific period we're talking about the millennium Pat yeah and um, we just got started uh, talking about Revelation in the twentieth chapter right. and I thank you for that correction about. Um, about what Paul second gave Peter, us to yeah, us in yeah, second, second Peter. Peter yeah. uh, uh, excuse me, Peter, Peter right? Yeah. Uh, that um, I'm sure Paul would have a thousand years again. Uh, so it was a total of seven times, not right. six times, that uh, uh, that it's written in the scriptures for us. And when we're talking about the millennium, uh, this is a this is as controversial a topic. Oh yeah, as election is. Well, you know, it goes all the way back to origin and uh, Augustine. Uh, there are people who believe that we are in the millennium right now, that this is the millennium. Well, why don't you take a second and talk about post-millennium? Well, you know, if you think about it, uh, people seem, seem to uh, divide up into camps on this one. Uh, there's you, there's three different camps. Yeah, there's, right. there's one who doesn't believe that there is an actual millennium, and they're called millennials. Right. And then you have people who believe, no. No, Christ is going to come before the millennium. In other words, we'll be raptured and pulled out before he, this thousand-year period. And then there are people who said, no, uh, post-millennium means we are, we are moving into and we will continue to go and grow and, you know, after, during this whole... Uh, yeah, their idea is that, that Jesus uh, comes back to a, a utopian style. Yeah, like the Garden uh, of Eden. Like, like, like the like Garden a, of... Yeah. Like, you're right, absolutely. Uh, a millennialist, which is more um, uh, uh, from a Unitarian uh, background, I think, is that really comes to well, this, actually, that the, the idea that there is no millennium. Well, you know, if you think about it, uh, from the time, you know, uh, that Jesus was ascended, 
And if you look at the writings of the apostles, they say we're in the last days. We're in the last days. Uh, what uh, you know, if you look at church history and you start looking at that uh, for the, for the you know really up in when the persecutions began, the people thought this is wrapping up. You know, yeah. it's only a short period of time. Right. Um, it wasn't until, you know, uh, well, they were certain Jesus was, it, was he was he was just right around right. the corner, yeah. you know. And so uh, and it, it's interesting because right before the ascension, the questions that the apostles asked Jesus was, have you come to establish the kingdom for Israel? Yeah. And that's when Jesus told them. Uh, wait a minute. That's not none of your business. That's in the father's hands. Right. Uh, you know, he had given them marching orders and but they were looking for. And again, you go back to, you know, when uh, the two apostles said uh, sent the mother came up and said, hey, can my one son sit on your left and another on the right? They were looking for that kingdom that the right. millennials, what we're talk, They were talking about the entire. In fact, Judas thought this is it. He was coming. We were all going to this one spot that has been in every uh, major prophet and many of the minor. And right. major and minor is basically based on size, not quality. Yeah. 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 Uh, but the reality is that uh, the Jewish people have always been looking for the millennium. Right. And uh, but it wasn't considered a millennium un- uh, it was considered to them. That's the way it's going to be from here on out. Right. Uh, Nathan is as big as uh, Isaiah. That's exactly and, Zephaniah. Uh, and, and, yeah. and Zephaniah yeah. or Micah. Yeah. Uh, they were, they were, you know, it was incredible how God used, used yeah. the prophets. To, well, to, the word of the Lord is the word of the Lord. Whether well, can it, you we, know. Let's take a second and yeah. talk about this for a second, because, you know, this exclusionary idea mm-hmm. of pulling something out of the scriptures that, no, 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 that doesn't happen. It's sort of like election. You know, when people yeah. are talking election, they, they said, well, no, that's not the way it works. Uh, it, it, the Holy Spirit doesn't come upon you. I made the decision. This is this is my decision. It's my free will that's making the decision to to be elected. When when in fact that is a lie, according to the scriptures. Well, you know uh, there are many things, and 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 sometimes I look at it this way. The Bible reminds us that uh, he says we have to be born again, right? And once we enter into a birth, we are basically infants in Christ, and right. we need to be shepherded. We need to, just like we were infants in Christ, we had to have our diapers changed. We had to have that. And then we grew into, as you look into First uh, John, you know, he talks about little children. Right. And then he talks about young men. Then he talks about the older men. So I look at those as graduations of maturity, because that's what Paul was saying, until we all get to, to maturity. Right. Uh, and so... I certainly believe that people uh, can take ideas when they're immature. And, and I look at my own life. I said, right. what did I believe as I first came to Christ? I had oh, I've kind of gone through the whole gamut. But as I began to as I began to expose myself more and more to the scriptures and I began to, you know, really earnestly look at. And, you know, the Bible says, if we seek, we will find. Yeah. Well, that, and and that, and that's kind of, I'm glad you said yeah. that because that's exactly where I was going in this. Look, there are babes uh, that have not have a clear understanding of how something works. I was only using, and, and right. I, it's my fault. I went down the rabbit hole. Um, and, and I wanted to stay on the millennium, right? but I, but I'm just we'll talking about <laughs> the, 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 the confusion that comes uh, with something so serious as your salvation. And so I just wanted to, I just wanted to clarify this because 
it is not a work of your own. The scriptures are so clear about that. Uh, it is the work of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is coming upon you. You were a love gift that your salvation was chosen before the foundations of the world ever began, that you would belong to him. Your names are already written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And they were put there before the beginning of the world. That's right. Before the foundations of the yeah. world. So uh, anyways, let, let's, we'll get back. Let's get off of that back to the millennium. Well, you know, uh, it, it does tie into the millennium because well, of course it uh, does. The interesting thing of it is, is that if you actually look at what was God actually doing, creating anything, right? You know, why, what, what, you know, we, we tend to have this almost flannel graph idea of uh, a very simplistic, oh, God decided he got creative and he would start creating things. Okay, you know, there's animals, there's this, that. Oh, he's going to make man. Okay, that's great too. Oh, well, here's this snake. He messed things up. And now God's just trying to play clean up and catch up. And that. not at all, not at all. In fact, when we, we're, we're going to spend a lot of time on the in Revelation in the, talking about the millennium, but that lamb, that opens those seals was slain from the foundation of the earth, meaning yeah. he, he understood this was all. What if the father, in, with his great love for the son, was going to create a bride for his son and a kingdom for his son before he decided to do anything? And I like the word you brought up, love gift. Right. We are a gift from the father to the son, and the Son uh, in, indwells us through the Holy Spirit. You know, he said, if I go, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. Right. Um, salvation is important. And we talk about election uh, many times on the show uh, because we want people to know it is not you who made a decision. There's a massive difference between the profession of one's faith and the possession of one's faith, the profession or speaking, uh, I belong to Jesus Christ doesn't save anybody. Well, we've all heard it before. Uh, People get on the radio and they'll say, well, we believe if you've prayed this prayer, you've been born again, go find you a great church and, uh, congratulations. Good luck. That is, that is absolutely, you know, it's such deception. And, and again, I know a lot of pastors, maybe some of them are listening out there. They're going, Oh man, why are you going down this road? It is so important because we do not want to see you deceived. Now, we know that God, uh, the Holy Spirit comes upon people in many stages in their life. You, 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 just because you were chosen and elected before the foundations of the world doesn't mean that, uh, you know, you're born, you know, again, at birth. No. What we're talking about when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, comes upon you at many different ages. Uh, for me, I was 37 years old. Well, if, if we, if we go to this, you know, and it, and, and it, and it is worth spending some time on because the entire, if you take Matthew seven, we are talking about not just individuals, but we're talking entire groups of individuals who have been, who have been self-deceived. They believe that they have a relationship with God that's adequate because they've been told so. And, 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 and incidentally, 
they are they are manifesting works what they believe works of God are right. uh, prophecy, uh, healings, uh, you know, uh, miracles. And they use those as confirmation as clearly I belong to God or else I couldn't do these things. Right. And yet Jesus says, I do not know you. Yeah, and he me. talks about there's only two roads. That's it. He says there's a narrow path and a wide path and few that find it. Which is a remnant. That's a remnant. And and again. And many, many find the broad path. Yeah. Many as in most. most. Yeah. And of course, you know, for you and I in, in ministry, we, we wish that that was not so. Well, that's very true uh, because it's, it's, there are so many voices out there and, and we should recognize that because, uh, what we want to do again, going back to the scripture, sola scriptura, but not only sola, but tota scriptura. In other words, the, the full counsel of God from Genesis right to revelation, which is the gospel of that God. It is the gospel of God. It is the law, the prophets, the apostles, uh, you know, pulling things out, uh, is a dangerous game, you right. know, and, and it, it's pulled people all over the map, you know, yeah. and what we want to do, Jesus prayed that his church would be one. And our goal is the same as Paul. Anybody who is in ministry should have the same goal that we be one in thought. You know, there's one, the Bible says there's one God, one baptism, one hope, one faith. That's right. There's only one, only one name under heaven by which men can be saved. Right. Uh, so I understand in, uh, in today's pluralistic society, people are saying, uh, well, you know, there, there's a lot of ways to God. You know, God's not that kind of, God's not that rigid. Well, not according to the scriptures in from Genesis to Revelation, that he's had a specific path. Take whatever path you want, but it's, you know, I always tell people all paths do lead to God. It's what happens after that is the problem. Right. Well, you're you're dead in your trespasses. Dead people yeah. don't make decisions, uh, and uh, they, they can't grab a hold of a life raft. They can't do any of those things. It is uh, it's the work of God alone. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about this period of time. Uh, known as the millennium, and where are where are Christians going to be uh, during this time? Now, again, when I'm talking about that, there's two things that are going to happen to each and every one of us, uh, or I should say, one of two things: uh, we're all going to die. <clears throat> that's a that's a fact. Um, um, but uh, we are either going to die and be immediately in the presence of heaven, or two. Uh, we will be raptured in that in that period. Uh, uh, those that are alive, uh, Paul says, first the dead in Christ will rise, and those who are alive will be caught up in the twinkling of an eye. And uh, understanding that we are going to be in heaven, but we're only going to be in heaven for a very, very short period of time. And the reason why that is, is because of the millennium period. Now, after the tribulation, when Jesus comes back, where he's going to rule and reign forevermore, and all of the promises of the Old Testament prophecies fulfilling are going to be fulfilled in this time period, then this millennium period will finally end with a final rebellion. But let me tell you where you're going to be. You are going to come down with Christ and return to this earth where we will be with him as saints. And we're, what we're going to get into the topic here as we get into the next half hour 
is the responsibilities that you're going to have in the millennium. We tend to think we retire here and, you know, we're going to be playing harps in the kingdom of heaven and, you know, everything's just going to be perfect. But God has another plan for you. And he tells us clearly in these scriptures. And I think it's going to be uh, eye-opening for a lot of people. And so I want to encourage you, if you want to hear more about what we're doing or go back and replay this, you'll be able to go to Spotify or any place that you're getting your podcast uh, information from, put in the God Family and Country radio show and or and or put in Pastor Kurt, K-U-R-T, and um, it'll pop up and you'll be able to go back and re-listen to this millennial message, which I think is so very important. Chapter 20 talks a lot, you know, a lot about it, but we've got to go back to chapter uh, 19 of Revelation to kind of get a, 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 a beginning because uh, Revelation is a, a very uh, unique book, but I want to just start right here and uh, just start at the top of the, uh, at the book. And it's, this is uh, verse one, uh, Revelation 19. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her. And notice these are all past tense. Right. Uh, the blood of his servants shed by her. Again, they said, hallelujah, her smoke rises forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God, who sat on the throne saying, hallelujah, hallelujah. Then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you, his servants, and all those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and the sound of mighty thundering saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let's be let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And it, to her, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. And, uh, and then I'm going to kind of jump on here. So we're, we're at a marriage supper. The bride has made herself ready. Everything is in place. That's happened. And, and there's multitudes. So there's, there's a lot of people there. But going, I'm going to start off now in verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. So there's still a war to come. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot. Yeah. And he said, his eyes were as flames of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. And he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God and the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Sound familiar? Yep. Followed him on white horses and out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it, he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the wine press of the fierceness and the wrath of the almighty God. 
And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of King and Lord of Lords. In essence, he's doing all the work. We may be part of the army, but we ain't doing nothing. Right. You know, right. this We're, is his fight. That's right. This is it's his glory. Exactly. And, and, and so I just again, I, I don't want to uh, assume that what I'm what I'm about to say is true f- for everyone. But I'm I'm amazed at how many people that I have talked to that uh, have been Christians for a long time were amazed over the fact that we're coming back to this earth, that they had they really had no clue. I mean, they they were even aware of the millennium. Yeah. Yeah. I'm aware of the millennium, but that's not going to be us when, when, in fact, it truly is. People just again, it's it's like this. The goal is to grow into maturity, into your faith right. and your walk. And that's pretty much, uh, and that really, uh, that's the job of the pastor. In other words, that's- Pat, the, I was just going to say- yeah, it. That's you the know, job I, of the pastor. I, I, you know, look, I put this, this blame for why people don't have this understanding of the millennium uh, directly on pastors and priests and ministers- because they're not talking about it. You know, it goes back to that that pew poll that you and I have talked yeah. about before. Only 37% of pastors and ministers and priests are teaching a biblical worldview. And it is disturbing beyond belief that they would not prepare their congregants to know what is it that's going to happen well, and we, how things are going to take place in the end days. We, we should also remind ourselves that in 2 Thessalonians, Paul tells us that there will be a great apostasy, a falling away. And if you think about it, if well, if, I, if seven out of ten of the pastors out there are preaching another Jesus with another spirit and another gospel, those people who sit under those people are going to be woefully underprepared for what's about to come upon them. Right. And this is, again, uh, a, the job of uh, of we preach the whole counsel of God and a systematic way to go through that. Again, it's, 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 we have an educational system allegedly Uh, it, but the concept of it is, is how do we take people who have very little information? We have to break it in stages and then, you know, uh, put it out there Make sure they understand. Again, it's a growth process. And this is the heart of a pastor is one who knows his flock and his flock doesn't, you know, it's impossible. You know, when we talk, we're we're in an era of mega, aren't we? Mega this, mega size, mega churches. Mm -hmm. It is impossible for a mega pastor to know his flock. And I recognize you have to break them on down, you know, but the reality is this, is how do you know the job that you're doing is basically when your people are growing, you know, in maturity? Uh, when you, if you if you're part of a place and, and 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 you have no different than the world, in other words, you have the same amount of divorces going on in the church as far as outside church. You have the same number of people who are in immoral relationships inside the church as you do outside. You have same people who are engaging in. Uh, poor business practices inside the churches, outside the church, right. then what you basically have is the world. You don't have a church. Is That should be the thing. Is that this is not the church of God. 
Right. Because the Spirit of God is clearly not rebirthing people. That's right. Because if it it will show up, you know, no church, no fruit, no root. The church is not a building. The church is the people. Yeah. And if you're looking for a perfect church, you're not going to find one on this side of heaven. Uh, uh, there's going to be a, lots of people that are intermingled with true believers. Yeah. Uh, and we need to recognize that and we need to understand that. And that's also true of pastors. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that they are not teaching about these issues. Uh, they're very, very important. And that's why, again, you know, for Pat and I, we're doing this, we're doing this specifically and we're, we're dedicating the entire two hour show to this millennium process to give you a better understanding. And even that two hours, we're only going to scratch. Yeah, we're not, we may, we're, we're actually going to have to hurry exactly. uh, to, to get there, but, but, uh, but we're, you're going to have the nuts and bolts. And so I want to encourage you, uh, certainly to go to wherever you're getting your podcasts and, uh, uh, be able to, uh, Spotify, wherever it is, you can go back and listen to this show on the millennium as often as you want to. Uh, and, uh, you can go to Spotify or anywhere that you're getting your, your, uh, uh, your podcasting from and, uh, just put in the God family and country radio show and then put in pastor Kurt. I guarantee you, we're going to pop up towards the top there for you and you'll be able to listen to these messages. And I want to encourage all of you to tell your friends and family about the God Family and Country Radio Show. You can go to the God Family Country Show.com or you can go to us on Facebook to uh, the God Family and Country Radio Show. And you'll be able to uh, see some of the updates, especially the things that are happening in Israel. God bless you. This is the God Family and Country Radio Show. Thank you for staying tuned in. Make sure you tell your friends about the God Family and Country Radio Show. Great opportunity to spend just a little bit of time with us. And uh, hopefully we can we can bless you uh, with some insight uh, from a biblical standpoint uh, that will uh, bless you and bless all those you love. Because we are certainly hoping that you'll take what we're giving you, verify it, that it's truth, and then go out and um, and teach it really to all of your family and friends, neighbors, coworkers, uh, whoever you come across, because they need to hear messages that are based from a biblical standpoint only, not opinions. And Pat, <clears throat> when we went to break, again, when we go to break, you always have these, you know, these aha moments, and you really say some. You know, some really profound things. I'm saying, wait, wait, get, get that. We got we, we to wait till we come back for break. To, we'll, we'll cover it. Yeah. yeah. So, tell, so we got Pat Coyle with us uh, in for Lance. And uh, uh, he's a great theologian, great friend, and and just really thankful um, that uh, uh, that you're with me tonight. Okay. Well, so uh, tell me, tell us what you were saying. Well, you know, one of the things, again, what well, my, our goal here is to hopefully open and whet your appetite to open the book and read for yourself and giving you kind of a roadmap. But, you know, we've been talking about the millennium. Right. And what is the purpose of the millennium? Why didn't God just wrap it all up? You know, uh, Antichrist, uh, devil, get rid of them all and just let's get this thing started. Well, you know, God says he knew he knew the end from the beginning. A lot of people will say, well, why didn't he just fix it in the Garden of Eden? Yeah, there, you know. But God has a plan and a purpose. And part of the right. plan and purpose for the millennium is because 
their God has made promises to certain people in the past. He made promises to Abraham. He made promises to David. Right. He's made promises to the world that had yet, even to this very day, have not been fully fulfilled. And so the millennium, and in fact, I'll read this statement. It, it, it says, he said, um, some of these promises called covenants were given specifically to Israel. Others were given to Jesus and the nations of the world and creation. Jesus's thousand year reign will be a time of promises kept. He is going to uh, cross T's and dot I's and and tie a bow on everything. There will not be any promise made to anybody that God cannot keep. And this is what's so important about this, because look, there again, we said earlier in the segment that there that there's more prophecy written about this time period than any other time period. It's also one of the most controversial. And I don't understand that because people, I guess, want to try and separate. But this is this is so important for us to have this understanding because you will be in the millennium. You or will you be, will be. <laughs> well, if you yeah. belong to Christ. You belong to Christ. Uh, you'll you, be will, there. you will be in the millennium with Christ because where Christ is, we will be. And of course, yeah. what you were just talking about, promises. You know, when you look at prophecy, right? prophecy in many ways are like promises. Yeah, they are promises. Uh, they, I, I agree. Uh, yeah. They are they are things that are said that will happen. Our book is full of prophecies, and many, many, many prophecies have been fulfilled. But all again, no other subject than the millennium will you find more scriptures, yeah. more prophetic words about the scriptures, and we're getting into that here yeah. right now, so that you have an opportunity to to truly understand what it is that we're saying to you. And we'll hope that you kind of follow around. Along yeah, with the scriptures. And, and, you know, one of the first things that we might want to go, because if we go all the way back to when, uh, well, you tower of Babel, you, then you have God calling Abraham. And when God called Abraham, he made a number of promises. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the promises is that there would be a certain portion of land that was given to Abraham. Right. And the unique thing about it is even in his time, you know, he never possessed that land. He was all, it was always in it, but God's promises stand. And yet even to this very day, in fact, many of the things that you talk about about Israel right. in current times, this is a land fight. Uh, and this is one of the things is it, that Israel it won't is, be a fight when God comes back. Well, the, you know what? God's going to have to settle this one. It won't be settled by the United Nations. It'll be settled by the uh, the the power and might of God. And the United so, Nations. That's the biggest joke I've ever. Well, you know what? You can't blame them for trying. But the reality is this: uh, God has already decreed that certain things would happen, and there's a certain things uh, that have yet to happen. And that's again, that's what calls for trust. We talk right. about faith. Uh, if if God can be depended on to keep his word, if you can find a place where you can break God's word, that uh, good luck with that. 
But, but you were talking about about the land of Israel. Yeah. So, you know, everybody, well, what are you talking about? The land of Israel, It's it's been, you know, the Jewish people have come home to their homeland. No, it's a small portion yeah. of what they have. Uh, listen, it will include uh, a large portion of Egypt, the Sinai. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you when will, people talk you, about the West Bank, it's a, are you talking about the Nile? You know? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, it will include all of Israel as, it, as you see it today. But it will also include all of Jordan. Uh, Jordan, it will include uh, going north. It will include parts of Iraq. It will include uh, 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 Syria up until the Syrian border. It will include Lebanon coming back on the other side. I mean, it is a big piece of land that God is going to restore because that was the promise of Abraham. Look at it. Or another, the promise to Let me make a little analogy here. Imagine that you had a family home, a hundred room family home, so to speak. I like and that. And it was taken away from you. And now uh, certain people have brought you, have allowed you to come and move your stuff back into your house, but they have only allowed you six or seven rooms in the house, six mm-hmm. or seven out of the hundred rooms in that house. They have made it impossible for you or dangerous for you to go outside of those six or seven rooms. But that whole house belongs to you. How can you, you know, God says, I'm going to clear out everything you are going to have. You're going to spread into every one of those hundred rooms, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And yet, they Israel is only in about five or six of those rooms. Right. And God says, I am going to make sure that you have access to everything and nothing will change that. Well, this is one of the things that is going to occur during the millennium. Absolutely it is. So, you know, Pat, uh, we're going to talk more about that here in just a little bit, but I wanted to get to the rewards that people are going to receive. Um the people of God that are going to receive about this, you know, as, as we're going into the millennium, um, I'm reminded of Isaiah 40 and 10, uh, behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule before him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. That's written in Isaiah that his reward, which is us. Yes. Matthew uh, 16 and 27. For the Lord, for the son, for the son of man, excuse me, for the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Right. Matthew 25 and 34. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. Colossians 3 and 24 knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of your inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. And then, of course, Revelation 22, 12, and 13. Jesus says, and behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his works. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end, the first and the last, he says. Mm -hmm. These are just some of the things that we see happening with us as saints, as Christians, as true believers, as biblical believers. I can't make it any more clear than that. Mm -hmm. 
that uh, the chosen and the elect of God that are going to see this incredible time period and participate in it. Well, both the bride and the uh, bridegrooms, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, will all be working together. Yes. And, you know, you know, I'm I'm glad you brought up Isaiah because this is Isaiah in the second chapter, very beginning of Isaiah. He talks a lot about this. And uh, uh, this, you know, can I just say this? So, you know, because, when I was putting the study together, there were literally hundreds of oh, yeah. Bible verses, yeah. right? And there's no way we can get them all in because there's so many that are particular to this time period. And we would encourage each and every one of you, this is an important thing. Uh, and the real issue of it is, is resource yourself. There is, there's so much out there. And again, so many people, have, there's such confusion on this issue. Don't follow people in their confusion. Don't pick a side. Why don't you look, listen to what everyone has to say, but then go be Berean, go back to the scriptures, and let's pull out and see what does the Bible say, the total Bible. You and know? don't, and you know, now that you're saying that, uh, don't think that there's some hidden mean, meaning that you, you're not going to be able to figure out. Our Bible. I would say 99.8% of it is absolutely literal. What you read is exactly what it means. Some of the biggest problems in the church, in church history, if you look at church history, and I would encourage people to look at that, is when when certain people like Origen and, you know, uh, began to allegorize reading things and said, well, there's a, there's a hidden meaning in the text, and I'm going to help you bring that hidden meaning out. And that created a, not only a, a great deal of, uh, of misinformation, mm-hmm. but it also created a method of misinformation in which people now are looking for the message within the message. It's sort of the hidden sayings within the sayings. And quite frankly, the, the, God is not an author of confusion. And, no, he's not. And, but you know what? When you said that, it made me think of this in Deuteronomy, yeah. the 29th chapter in verse 29. One of the last things our Lord says to us, yes, our Lord, because the scriptures that are given to us, uh, he is the creator, our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Paul tells us he's the creator. Uh, he created the heavens and the earth. And here's what he tells us. He says, in verse 29, uh, chapter 29, verse 29 of Deuteronomy. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to the children forever that we may do all the words of this law. Exactly. So and all the words of the law is a good one to point out. That's exactly right. But that, that, that brought, it just sort of confirmed to you what we were saying that our Bible is a very literal book. He has revealed these things in the scriptures. And if we will read them as they are given to us, you, you can't screw it up, folks. You can't because it means what it says. And, and one of the advantages is that to those people who truly want to know, 
God has made promises, and he has promised that his spirit will guide you in all truth. And guiding in all truth doesn't mean you just sit there, open up the book, and all of a sudden you see these, uh, it's it's crystal clear. You know, the Bible talks about a field, you know, he makes a parable, mm-hmm. in which the treasure is buried in that field, and, and you sell everything you have to get that field So, because you know the treasure's there, but then the work begins after you've given. So many people just want to know, like, just because, like, almost like trivial. I just want to collect information to be able to talk to people. Right. God's word isn't for informational purposes, God's word is for transformational purposes. Absolutely. And the word of God transforms us. And that's why I said the renewing of our mind. Uh, Again, People talk about certain aspects, and I recognize we're talking about a very specific, very focused, like a laser-focused topic on the millennium. And there's things to be learned from that. Uh, But what we want to do is recognize this ties into everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Folks, this is the God Family and Country Radio Show. Stay tuned. We've got another hour. We're getting into the rapture and a whole lot more. God bless you. Stay tuned. 